So I just Googled YouTube, how to make money, broke college student search, you know, something to that effect. Came across the e-commerce, uh, dropshipping, uh, fulfillment by Amazon stuff, and make 10K a month, passive income, sipping margaritas on the beach. So I was like, yeah, that sounds amazing. So um, after a quick and very unsuccessful stint in the e-commerce dropshipping world, uh, I came across a guy who said, you know, make money on real estate using other people's properties. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Sponstaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at Sponstaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Enjoy the show. Hey, friends. So if you've been listening to the pod for a while, you know that I've spent the last 10 years working as a growth marketer. Now, I get emails and DMs from listeners a couple of times a week asking if I'm interested in consulting with them to improve their listing optimization and their rankability on Airbnb. And the truth is, while I'm flattered right now, I just don't have the bandwidth for consulting. So I've been trying to find somebody who I think understands the platform and marketing strategy better than me that I can refer you all to. And I am happy to say that I think I've found the guy. Meet Daniel Rustine. He's a former Airbnb employee, a full-time digital nomad, and author of Optimize Your BNB, which has sold over 50,000 copies by word of mouth alone. Daniel has lived on Airbnb for more than 2,500 nights and has helped hundreds of hosts via his consulting, his programming, and his thought leadership increase their listings rank on Airbnb. If you're newer to the STR space, or if your listings are starting to drop in rank, or if you want to learn the mechanics of how search engines like Airbnb rank content so that you can apply these same principles to your direct booking strategy, I want to encourage you all to do one or two of the following. If, if not both. Number one, buy Daniel's new book, Profitable Properties, Airbnb Insider Secrets. You can get it on Amazon for just $10. And then number two, join Daniel's nine-week program and he'll teach you everything that you need to know about optimizing your STR for Airbnb, Verbo, Google Search, and beyond. You can use the discount code BTS, as in behind the stays, for 40% off the program between now and the end of 2023. Daniel will teach you what the top 1% of short-term rental owners and managers already know about how to fully optimize their STRs across OTAs and beyond. To get started, head on over to optimizemybnb.com or visit the link in the show notes below and be sure to tell Daniel if you talk to him that Zach from Behind the Stays sent you his way. All right, guys, back to the show. In just a moment, you'll meet Jake Tucker, founder of Rove a collection of urban and luxury retreat STRs located in the Pacific Northwest. Jake began co-hosting Airbnbs while in college as a side hustle. He had no experience in real estate or hospitality whatsoever, but after Googling how to make a lot of money as a college kid, he stumbled upon the plethora of rental arbitrage content that there is on YouTube, and he began to binge all of it. When he graduated, all of his friends started getting real jobs and Jake felt pressured to do the same. But as they thought more and more about it, the idea of working for someone else seemed almost untenable. So he decided to trust his gut and go all in on building his STR property management business. 
And now, just a few years later, Rove is one of the largest short-term rental hosting companies in the inland Northwest. Tune in to hear Jake share how he got started with his first few properties, how he navigated COVID, his tips for acquiring new property owners as customers, the pros and cons of managing both traditional STRs and more unique stays, and loads of other content and stories. All right, friends, you're going to like this episode. Without further ado, get ready to meet Jake. All right, Jake, we are live, my friend. How are you doing today? Doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing excellent. Now that I'm talking to you, I uh, we we met on Instagram, and I, I I was trying to remember if it was a reel or some post or somebody something I don't know somebody in my circle liked or commented or, on something that you guys posted, and oh. I just I loved the name of your brand. I dug a little deeper, loved what what you were up to, and we haven't spent much time on this podcast actually talking about you know, co-hosting. And so when I saw that you had a cool brand and you guys are starting your journey, you've started your journey with co-hosting. You're now kind of expanding into like experiential stays. I was like, I got to get this guy on, on the show. So anyways, thanks for making time to chat. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I think one of us slid in each other's DMS, you know, as, uh, (laughs) as things happen nowadays, as business (laughs) happens nowadays, but, um, yeah, yeah. I'm excited to get started. And, uh, share my journey a little bit with your guys's, uh, with your viewers. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's so funny too is, you know, I feel like I can justify spending all this time on social media because it's quote unquote, like biz dev time, you know, isn't that funny yeah. how social media changed? Like when you're younger, your mom was like, get off Facebook or whatever it was, get off MySpace. Oh. And now it's like, no, 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 mom, you don't understand. Like I'm on Instagram because it's like where I get my best you know podcast guests or my best leads for yeah. my business or whatever it is it's just i know so i know it's hilarious it's like productivity looks so different like i was horizontal on my couch for an hour yesterday you know in the afternoon and i'm like well i'm working i was like you know on yeah. instagram just completely <laughs> laying down but uh yeah it beats the the nine to five cubicle i guess it does it does um well hey i, I want to dive in and i want to give our listeners some context too um so why don't you just start by telling us the story of Rove stays. So where, where does the story of Rove begin? Yeah. So, um, it was in my second semester of college and I had taken some summer classes prior to that. So I had a pretty light course load. So okay. I was a part-time student and kind of had a, a choice before me, which was either get a part-time job, you know, making 10, $12 an hour or start my entrepreneurial journey because I had always been interested in in entrepreneurship, starting my own business yeah. and really just kind of never wanted to work for anyone other than myself. <laughs> like I was in a entrepreneurship class, which um, is kind of like a, a, a paradox in and of itself. It's like, <laughs> can you really teach entrepreneurship in a classroom? Like kind of, but I don't know. Um, anyway, but uh, they just kind of went around the room and he was like, so why do you want to be an entrepreneur? And I was like, I guess I just don't really want to work for anyone else. Mm. And everyone just kind of chuckled and smiled. But the the professor was like, you know, actually, like, that's kind of the a main reason a lot of people just start because they're like, I just don't want to report to anyone. So anyway, I, um, uh, I was, you know, so I just Googled YouTube, how to make money, college, broke college student search, you know, something <laughs> to that effect. And, um, <laughs> came across the e-commerce, uh, drop shipping, uh, for fulfillment by Amazon stuff. Yeah. And, you know, 
make 10 K a month, passive income, sipping margaritas on the beach. So I was like, yeah, that sounds amazing. <laughs> so, um, after a quick and very unsuccessful stint in the e-commerce dropshipping world, uh, I came across a guy who said, you know, make money on real estate using other people's properties. And so he was pitching a, a rental arbitrage course at the time. Okay. But, uh, being a naive college student, I was like, yep, that sounds great. I had always been interested in real estate. My dad's been a realtor um, for about 25, 30 years uh, in my hometown. So I kind of had a general base of knowledge of, of how it worked. And so I was like, all right, yeah, let's give this a shot. So I created a business plan, a very shabby business plan. And on the weekends would just uh, set appointments with property owners and that they had, you know, properties for lease for, or uh, for rent and um, would pitch them and got a ton of no's. Because people were like, what are you doing? Like, no, you're a college student. Do you have any experience? No. Do you, you know, they, they were right to not trust me because, you know, my business plan was very flawed. It was very vague. Um, so anyway, uh, went around doing that for about six months and then finally got some, uh, some property owners to say yes. And it actually was a, a fantastic opportunity. They had four beautiful uh, remodeled apartments in downtown Spokane, two bedroom, two bath, 1200 square feet. And so kind of cut my teeth with those. Okay. And so this was, yes, uh, second semester soft or senior year and, um, was skipping class to put together furniture in those Airbnbs and put them live on Airbnb. And this was April, 2020. So then the whole entire world shuts down. <laughs> Right. With uh, a little cold that went around. And um, so we were just slashing the rates like crazy because I'm like, I still need to make money off of this thing. Right. And I, f I felt really in indebted to the owners. And so I'm like, I need to get some sort of bookings coming in. So I think the lowest we went, someone booked this beautiful two bedroom, two bath apartment for like 70 bucks a night wow. and dropped our cleaning fee down to 35 bucks. And uh, my girlfriend, bless her heart, she helped me with the housekeeping. Wow. And we, uh, we did the math. We were probably making like $5 an hour. Jeez. But, you Jeez. know, just really trying to get those bookings to come in, get some reviews, get some traction. And and then, you know, as everyone's kind of seen the, the months leading out of COVID, it just totally took off. Yeah. And so then all of a sudden we're having these crazy months and those four properties are bringing in. 20,000 plus dollars a month in revenue. And so it was just like a, a screaming success after that. Yeah. So, um, then pitched a sustainable tiny home community. Okay. And they were like, Hey, this kid knows a little bit about Airbnb. He's got maybe like 20, 30 reviews. And I was like, yep, I'm hungry. I want to do it. So they're like, all right, yeah, let's give it a shot. So went from four to 14 and then it just kind of, kept snowballing from there, 25. And now we're at 33 units. Wow. Um, soon to be 34. And we're mainly in the in the Pacific Northwest area, but just recently started to expand Southern California to more luxury vacation rental stuff. So wow. um Dude, what track it, this year to do about 1.2 million in in overall revenue. Wow. That does not take home. Sure. That does not take home income whatsoever. But uh yeah, it's been a, a crazy crazy ride. I've learned a ton and, um, yeah, I'm, uh, interested to see what the future holds for sure. Yeah. Well, dude, that was a, such a great open and thank you for painting all that context for us. 
Hey guys, it's Zach. If you're enjoying this episode, could you do me two very quick favors? First, this show is possible thanks to a handful of incredible organizations who've signed on to be advertising partners of Behind the Stays. It would mean the world to me if you'd take just a second to scroll down to the show notes and go learn more about this episode's sponsor. Even if you aren't in the market for agency support or a new PMS at the moment, it never hurts to be aware of who else is out there. And second, if you're listening to this episode on Spotify, could you be so kind as to give Behind the Stays a five-star rating? And if you're on Apple Podcasts, could you submit a quick review and let me know what you love most about the show? I know it seems trivial, but these things really, really do help us grow the show. And just a reminder that if you've ever got feedback from me on how to make the show better, shoot me an email directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com. You all really are the best. I love receiving your emails and DMs. All right, so check out the sponsor and leave us a rating and a review, please. All right, guys, back to the show. I, I think it's amazing that you literally sat down and YouTubed, right? Like, how mm-hmm. do broke college kids make money? That's amazing. And then you, yeah. you saw you saw the dropshipping <laughs> trend, then you saw the rental arbitrage trend, and you just kind yeah. of uh, went for it. That, that's that's fantastic. So I want to I want to actually talk about the owner acquisition strategy, right? Because as I mentioned mm-hmm. before, we we don't talk a ton. A lot of the folks that come onto this podcast are, are building like you know really unique hospitality brands, or they're you know they've been in the game for for a while, and they have you know a hundred, two hundred units under management. And then we also have folks that are literally just getting started, or they might only have one or two properties but those properties have you know hundreds of thousands of followers on on instagram or something like that right so i'd say what's consistent about everyone who listens to this podcast though is they're all they're all entrepreneurial right and so i i want but 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 it's one thing to kind of like pitch your your stay to a guest right or a prospective guest Mm -hmm. it's it's entirely different to pitch to an owner and get them to trust you who again at the time knew nothing right yeah about or, uh, essentially like handing over their lead gen and like really or even some in some cases their entire business to you right yeah. they retain the asset but you control you control whether or not that acts that that asset is uh is successful or not so what what did you learn along the way about pitching and, and acquiring new owners yeah so for the most part um like I said, there was those, my first property owners, I, I'll admit it. I was totally lucky. They took a chance on a, on a college student who knew nothing, but they're like, you know, this, this, uh, uh, cold was going around. And so they're like, well, we're not going to be able to rent these anyway. So kind of came in at a really like kind of ideal spot in time. And, um, they're like, yeah, I mean, it will give them like, 60, 90 days, whatever. Yeah. And if it See flops, then he can just, he can get the furniture out of there and yeah. whatever, no harm done. So, um, I was super lucky in that aspect, but the, the, the main thing and the main kind of like mental framework that I like to work through is if I could never do any outbound marketing or pitching to property owners, yeah. you know, if I couldn't go to networking events, if I couldn't, uh, cold email, cold call, whatever it might be, um, if I could never do that and I could only rely on word of mouth, how would I treat this property, this, uh, you know, whole onboarding experience, this, uh, property owner experience, how would I treat that, hmm. you know, to just solely rely on word of mouth. And that's kind of largely how we've gotten here because 
you know, if, if it, if it's a, a big real estate player in your market, they know the other players too. Yeah. You yeah. Know what I mean, like yeah. they know what other owners, they know who owns that building. Sorry about that. No, you're good. They know who, who owns that development right there. And they're talking to each other and they go, Oh, Hey, how are your apartments doing on first street? Wow. You know, actually they're, we're doing them as Airbnbs. So tell me a little bit more about that. You yeah. Know? And then it just kind of has snowballed from there. And then, in my local area, I was just kind of like, oh, Jake's kind of like the guy who who does this, yeah. you know? And so you just get, you get these people talking about your service because you just first and foremost provide an amazing service and product yeah. for your guests and your, and your, and your owners. Did you, did you know how to, how to figure out what cut, what percentage cut to take? Like what, what, what were you using to figure out how to pay yourself through through this process? Because again, you you got into the game as you said right before COVID. You mm-hmm. have since had some. It sounds like really you know you rode the COVID boom like a lot of folks did. But but how did you know what to take home? And can you just talk to us a little bit about sort of like how that strategy has remained consistent and or evolved over time? Yeah. So you know, I actually started trying to do rental arbitrage because I felt like you know, I saw that people make 10 K a month passive income. Yeah. yeah I want to do that. Yeah. Um, and so there is a small portion of my portfolio that is rental arbitrage. Okay. It's worked out, you know, but it can also lose money in some months and then some months it can totally take off. But, um, as far as when it comes to co-hosting, I really just wanted to, you know, actually run the numbers, see what they could get as a long-term rental and be like, you know, if I take 30, 40%, this isn't even going to make sense for them. Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden, and you're taking that off of the cleaning fees too. All of a sudden, you know, they're making $4,000 a month gross, but then they're taking home 1800 yeah, after yeah, it's yeah. all said and done. And they're like, why would I even do this? Yeah. You know, so you gotta, you gotta think of it from their perspective and say, how am I actually going to get a better return than a traditional rental that you throw up on Zillow? And that's kind of where we landed at. And it uh right now it kind of depends on the scale of of the units so if it's like a single family type you know one unit yeah it'd be 25 percent yeah gross revenue uh as the profit or as the revenue split and then um if there's more scale if there's 10 plus units you know on a couple floors or in a building then it'd be around 15 percent. okay yeah yeah and has it has that um and which you know is pretty is pretty sort of like average, right? I think I think technically like twenty percent is the the average, at least that I hear that's oh. kind of thrown around. So you've got you know some that are twenty five, they're single family, which makes sense. If you've got a cluster of spaces all right next to each other, you you cut the owner a deal makes perfect sense there as well. Yeah, I'm curious, like, do you uh, have you figured out how to reduce? Like, how have you thought about reducing like your your burn and and, and like the expenses that come with with what you're, you know, with, with furnishing the places appropriately with, you know, managing the, 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 the cleaning team, right? Are there, mm-hmm. are there lessons that you've learned around how to automate certain processes or are there things that like you've stopped doing that you used to do? And if so, like, what are those things specifically with respect to trying to essentially kind of like increase your margin at the end of the day? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So right now, for my cost for an average property could be anywhere between 
you know, a hundred to $250 a month, depending yeah. on the property and the systems that we have in place. So, um, but I will say it wasn't always that way. And I'm not going to mention the the service by name, but we were using a different property management service. Okay. And when it was all said and done with all the stuff that we needed with accounting, with analytics, with um, guest communication, all of a sudden it came out to, you know, I think it was like $175 a unit times 33, you know, yeah, you're spending $40,000 a year. Just on software. Just, just on software. Yeah. yeah. And then you throw in the other softwares and then you throw in, you know, taxes and then incidentals and then your handyman. And then all of a sudden you're like, wow, yeah, I'm making, you know, pretty good money on paper, but then my expenses are out of you control. Know, yeah. Started kept racking up. So I've since, I've since uh, switched to host away for my property management software and they are way more reasonable with price. They are lacking a little a little bit of like features and depth, but yeah. I'm sure that like it'll just continue to they'll continue to come out with, you know, a more and more refined software. Yeah. Um but switching switching to Hostaway saved us like $38,000 a year. Jeez, which is absolutely man. unreal. That's yeah. crazy. Wow. Dang. I'm dying to know who you were using before. I have a guess, but uh, but we'll save that for another time. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't want to like <laughs> badmouth anyone. Yeah. It was great. Don't get me don't get me wrong. It's probably one of the best, you know, if not the best software on the market. It's just like it was just bogging me down yeah. so much with the overhead. Yeah, yeah, which is which yeah. is a lot. So do you do you have any other like? Is it just you that's technically a, a kind of full time on this? Like you said, your girlfriend helps with stuff, but like, do you have any full time employees, or you just do some contractors, or like who like how, talk to us a little bit about like the team that is required for these thirty three units? Yeah, yeah. So with the tech stack that we have, it uh, kind of allows. Um, for me to be a little bit more like run and gun one yeah. man show. Yeah. Um, that's not to say that, you know, our, my housekeepers are like the, the backbone of the, the business entirely. Yeah. But um, besides the housekeepers being contractors and then handyman, and then, you know, maybe a, a little bit of on site people here and there, it's mainly just me. Wow. That's amazing. So, um, and there's some softwares that can go into that kind of reduce my load in my day to day. But, um, yeah, I just, I wanted to, from the beginning, I was like, I, I had seen some companies that just got too bloated too fast, yeah. grew too fast. They were taking on, you know, deals that weren't making sense. And then they were just hiring and hiring and hiring. And then all of a sudden they grew to, and it was actually in my, in my hometown, they grew to, I think like almost 200 employees and got all this outside funding and then COVID hit and it all just kind of came crashing down. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. But I think that's just because they got, you know, they were biting off a little bit more than they could chew. And so that's always been in the back of my head to just kind of like keep things slow and steady and, um, you know, not get too ahead of myself, too excited getting deals here and there and managing properties all over the place. And then you got to hire a bunch of different handyman, a bunch of different, um, you know, just kind of incidental yeah. overhead that comes up with managing all those different properties. Last minute cancellations suck. And that's why we built Ping. Ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnbs become available. 
Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and allows your fans and followers to sign up and be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. Jimmy sees that you're booked the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three-night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest, and she wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out the simple form, and they will be pinged if the requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which enables you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping is what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. You can get access to our beta pricing with plans that start at just $39 a year at bnbping.com. Again, that's bnbping.com. I want to ask a little bit about your 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 kind of journey with with software, right? Specifically, because you, you mentioned we could you could go in we could go into this a little bit, but like when you're just starting out, right? What it what is sort of like fundamental that you absolutely need versus like what what can wait a little bit from from your perspective? Like as you think about how you guys have has has have grown, like as as Rove States has grown, right? Like what are things that you wish you had at, at day one that you didn't have versus things that you think could wait until they're you're at ten units and then fifteen units and then you know thirty units? Yeah, yeah. So day one, you want. Um you know, you want smart locks, you want automated access. It's kind of the industry industry standard now. Yeah. Um, so no fumbling with lock boxes and, and keys. Um, and you can go pretty basic on that with just like, like August smart locks is what I started with. And then it just wasn't as robust as I needed. And so um, a great product that I use is remote lock mm -hmm. software that ties into other um, actual smart lock hardwares. Yeah. Sorry, I live next to a busy street. But, <laughs> Clearly, man. No, it's great. It's giving us like the whole, it, it really does feel like we're sitting in the room together, you know, chatting, which is yeah. what I like to do with this podcast. So it's great. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. But um, so yeah, day one, start with a smart lock software that's robust and you can grow with because, you know, I've thrown out probably $10,000 worth of smart locks that I was trying different ones, Jeez, yeah. you know, and then finally landed on what we currently have, which is, um, Schlage encodes or Schlag, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and then that's tied into remote lock and that can be, you know, they can send codes to commercial doors. They can send codes to elevators, to, to gate access. And so it's, it can very much scale with you wherever you kind of go yeah. in the, in the business. Um, in the hospitality business. Um, so that's from day one, start with that. And then once you probably get to four units or so, um, getting a uh, property management software yeah. like HostAway, yeah. where you can get a central calendar, you can see things a little easier. If you start uh, diversifying off of Airbnb, you can you know do ver uh, Verbo or uh, booking.com, things like that and yeah. just, you know, that's the only way to, it's the only way to really do it. There's really no other way to yeah. list on multiple uh, websites without property management software, in my opinion. Um, and then five plus probably uh, a pricing tool. So price labs or wheelhouse um, is going to be super valuable yeah. because the, you just kind of can't, you can't keep up with the, it's too much. Yeah. Especially if you're in, yeah. if you're in like multiple markets at this juncture. 
Yeah. And just like little micro markets, you know, like uh, if it's on the other side of town or if it's in the heart of downtown or, you know, so how do I kind of differentiate between this pricing? So something like price labs is going to be super helpful there. Um, and then uh, 10 plus units, you're probably 10 to 15, probably want some sort of um, uh, guest communication. So whether that's like a virtual assistant, which I've tried before, but it, it really like never is quite as like tailored as I want. Yeah. So what I've just usually, uh, or I just recently started was um, it's called host AI. Oh yeah. 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 And um, how's that working out for you, by the way? You know, it's, it's pretty good. It's yeah. uh, so they use chat GPT. Yep to tie into your messaging um, of your property management software. And you kind of, you know, you give the whole house manual, all the property information, and then it'll spit it out to the guest. And right now I'm still like manually approving of all the messages and being like, well, no, that kind of sounds a little robotic. You know, that sounds a little too fluffy in the way that they're just like, absolutely you know yeah. blah, blah, blah. it's yeah. like okay maybe like tone <laughs> yeah, it down yeah, tone a little it bit, down. <laughs> be a little more human a little yeah, more be, conversational yeah, so yeah. um but for for what it costs i think it's like 10 bucks a month yeah. per property yeah um and it kind of just takes a lot of the the uh the weight off of like the the mental bandwidth that you have because yeah. there's sometimes when messages you're like okay this like needs like a thoughtful crafted response yeah and I need to be like a little bit more in depth. And if you're running on the go, you know, and you're responding to messages constantly throughout the day, it just, it helps a ton. Yeah. Yeah. Just have it spit it out and then approve it or decline it or whatever the case might be. So yeah, um, no, it may, that's it may, been super helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I was just gonna say, it makes a lot of sense to you, right? In that it will learn more over time, right? Based, based off of like how you respond and the, you know, the data that it sees from guests as they respond and whatnot and conversationally. You know, assuming right, they've they've you know written written the, their code appropriately, uh, yeah. it, it should start learning like how you prefer to answer in context like X, Y, or Z. So it'll just, it's one of those things that's just going to take some time, but it'll get better, much better over time. I just talked to uh, Luca from Journey. I don't know if you've like heard of Journey or looked in, looked into them at all, but. So- um, yeah, they're they're trying to simplify the whole, uh, you know, property management software sort of like dilemma of how oftentimes as you grow, right, you end up needing to like yeah, switch PMS systems. Luca talks about how you know he, when he 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 grew to like three hundred units like under management, and he had to change five uh, f- PMSs five different times like throughout that process, right. And yeah. anyway, so he, he they, they've built this like, you know, one stop shop solution or whatever. And I haven't actually used it just like full disclaimer, but they've baked yeah. uh, uh, an AI agent into into the software. And uh, it's called like Nia or something like that. Anyways, mm-hmm. they're they're trying to solve for this very same thing as like, hey, what does it look like to essentially have a language, uh, a, a, an LLM that's like specific to your business right and like your context um which as these things just get better it's it's gonna be it's gonna be super super impressive but but yeah you're right right now it's still a little early and it's still a little robotic and you you know you're probably smart to still manually approve these messages (laughs) yeah for sure yeah and yeah the main thing i was just like this is where the future is going we all know that you know once once I saw ChatGPT, I'm like, okay, it's something's coming. Yeah. There's gonna be a bunch of different people in the marketplace trying to integrate this. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's just gonna come down to, you know, 
who really comes out on top. And I was like, it's $10 a month. I'm like, I'm going to get in early. So yeah. hopefully like when they do eventually raise this price, cause yeah. I don't, I mean, $10 a month is very, very reasonable yeah. for what you're getting. You'll um, be like grandfathered so in or like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, hopefully I get grandfathered in because yeah. um, like I said, I like to keep the overhead as low as I can. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to talk a little bit about direct bookings versus OTAs, right? So as you've grown your portfolio, uh, you mentioned you're on HostAway. And I think when I was uh, dabbling on your website, I saw that you're using like their direct booking uh, mm. uh, features. What what percentage of like of your bookings are direct slash what do you think about direct bookings like as mm-hmm. you you know you guys have this cool brand that you're building out Rove stays there's a lot of fun like you could build a whole consumer facing brand around Rove like is that yeah. a, is that a goal is that a is that an objective like how do you weigh the pros and cons of of direct bookings Yeah so I mean I think um I think a lot of people like poo poo on Airbnb and VRBO these days, you know, like, and I get it. Like I've had, you know, Airbnb shut down my accounts with, you know, no warning, no notice, no reason, you know, they're just like, Oh, like we were doing an account review and boom, all of my entire business is gone, you know? So I, I, I totally understand, you know, why people are saying this, but I kind of like to think of it as like, don't, don't bite the hand that feeds, you know, I mean, think about 15 years ago or so to have vacation rentals, it was way harder than it is now. Like yeah. you would have to have picket signs, you know, call me here at this number and I'll schedule, schedule you on my, you know, uh, calendar <laughs> and try to figure out when you're checking in, checking out, blah, blah, blah. Like it would have been really tough, you know, yeah. buying newspaper space in you know newspaper ads or whatever um yeah it would be super tough but um i understand kind of now with um our larger vacation rentals yeah because those houses in and of itself create an amazing experience it's kind of it's a little harder with like apartments yeah where you can't provide a whole lot in five 700 square feet yeah but we have these beautiful spaces uh, guests are going to come in and they're going to be like i want to do this again whatever this host is doing i want more of it yeah you know next year and the next year and so that's really where we've seen a return on our direct bookings recently is our larger you know more luxury-ish vacation rentals and um you know just for instance our uh our place in palm desert california um went live in october and then by april of that year people were like i want february next year yeah. i want march next year yeah. i want april and so and I, these are big months these are like ten twelve thousand dollar months yeah and they're booking them directly so you're saving hundreds and hundreds of dollars from yeah. some from airbnb fees yeah yeah and the guest is saving some too so it's, it's a it's a win-win in that regard but um Still, as it is, I'm getting 90% from Airbnb and then maybe like 5% Verbo, 5% direct. Yeah. So, yeah. Which is pretty market. Yeah. Which is pretty, I'd say that's pretty like on that. That is the standard like that. Like for for those that are doing direct bookings, like I'd say five to 10% is like, you know, very like normal. Um, mm-hmm. especially since most of your portfolio until, until recently, you mentioned like you've got oh, these apartments and stuff that make up the, the majority of your portfolio, but now you guys are expanding to, you're calling it Rover treats. Is that right? Um, 
Is that yeah. the sub brand? Yeah. And and yeah. Th- and those, right, are are super distinct and unique. And like you you have an opportunity to like build probably th- those will pro- you'll probably see way more, you know, over the next three years. The percentage of direct bookings that fall into Rove retreats are will far outweigh kind of the more mm-hmm. traditional Rove stays, I, I I would imagine. But um yeah. but you bring up an interesting point too about how one of the things that I, I haven't seen done well, and people try this with like their post guest communications, but like there's not like a super simple, easy like widget or tool or way for folks to while they're staying at a place, right? Maybe the day before a checkout, a message from a host saying, "Hey, hope you enjoyed the stay. We'd love you know our calendar gets full really quickly. If you guys are thinking you might want to come back anytime in the next year, you know here's a mm-hmm. discount code." Would love to, you know, click this button. You can, you know, reserve a week right now. You could always cancel, but if you reserve it now, you know, you know, here's some in- incentive. I feel like there's not a great one-click option for that, right? Like, the, the, yeah. there are these like manual, like, hey, reach out to me or send me an email. But, but again, if if communications are happening through Airbnb, a lot of the time, you know, they're very cautious with uh, what links they approve uh, between hosts and guests, right? At all parts yeah. of the stay. So, what, like, what do you think a good solution would be? Have you seen a good solution? Have you guys? experimented with with anything that's like worked to try to capitalize on like a, another booking or like a pre-booking or or whatnot uh, while someone's still like staying at a property yeah i feel like um with our our bigger vacation rentals what we're trying to do is kind of like keep the leads if you think of them as leads yeah. you know even if they're they're coming to your property still treating them as leads and keeping them warm. Right. Yeah. So the day before sending them like, not just like, Hey, excited to host you, but sending them something like that's actually going to help them. Right. Like a, a virtual house manual be like, yeah. check out these local spots. And they're like, wow, that's actually really thoughtful. Like, or these local hikes or whatever the case might be. Right. Yeah. And um, so sending that like prior to their stay via like a Canva link is what we do. Um, and I, I feel like people really appreciate that. And then they get there and just started, uh, dabbling with stay fi. Nice. So it, it plugs into your Wi-Fi and kind of similar to like a, an airport, you know, you're putting in your, uh, your email to get access to the Wi-Fi. So, um, and then post stay, uh, uh, an SMS to be like, Hey, loved hosting you. Here's uh, 20% off your booking, blah, blah, blah. Um, and we've seen a little bit of success with that, but I think um, in the future, it's really going to come down to um, taking our, our guest data and yeah. then putting them through some sort of uh, automated email customer journey, you know, where they're yeah. getting some follow-ups emails here and there. They're getting uh, uh, anniversary, you know, you stayed a year ago, yeah. like, are, you, are you expecting to travel um, back to the to the desert anytime soon, you know, things like that. So, um, we have some of those systems in place right now. And the main thing, it's just a little tough to track those metrics to be like, did this direct booking come from Instagram or did it come from email marketing or did it come from just Google, you know, and and, and it's kind of tough to track that. And so that's something that I definitely want to like, get a better pulse on in the future yeah. with the business. Cause if you don't know where they're coming from, you don't know where to, you know, talk to or where yeah. to broadcast to, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, I feel like that's one of the, the industry's biggest challenges right now is there's not really great attribution software, right? Like, I mean, there, mm-hmm. you know, you can, if you create a bunch of 
smart links, um, you know, Bitly links or whatever it is, you can it, it'll it'll get you there a little bit, but still, like a lot of the times, I think about my own search behavior. I might go and find a place on Instagram, right? And that might be where I discover it. But then like I end up Googling like the name of the Airbnb or whatever it is later. And then, you know, booking either direct or or even a lot of times just through Airbnb rather than mm -hmm. going back to Instagram, trying to like, you know, find the the right account and then, you know, booking very via their link in the in bio. Also, I just don't like I just don't book as much especially on mm -hmm. these like direct booking sites, like the direct booking sites are not always fantastically mobile optimized. It's a lot mm -hmm. easier, obviously on Airbnb. Uh, and, and so I, I think t to your point, like it just makes attribution harder because you, even though I technically discovered Rove on, on Insta, right? I yeah. end up booking after a Google search. And so where, where do you give, what, what channel gets the credit, right? So, yeah. it, you know, I think that, I think that these problems will be solved as technology just gets smarter, as we see more folks come into the space and, and build solutions. But right now it is, it's still difficult, which is, which is quite, quite, you know, shocking considering it's 2023. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's still tough. Um, and we're, you know, we're still in the early days of, of me trying to figure out like a CRM and doing all these different zaps yeah, through Zapier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a slow learning experience. Um, but I feel like talking to other hosts that are doing successful things in the space. Yeah. Um, you know, like I really like, uh, Isaac French's stuff. Yeah. Uh, the guy from live Oak Lake, he seems like he has like a really great, um, system in place in terms of direct bookings. And, you know, it's just a little discouraging cause you're like, man, like, it seems like all you need to do is just like go viral on social media. And then all of a sudden the direct bookings just flood. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, if only so it was that like, easy. How do you unlock the key to virality without sounding like, or, you know, without being too spammy and, yeah. um, on, on Instagram and, and tap out the Instagram algorithm, you know? Yeah. So it's a very fine balance of trying to, um, stay relevant on social media, but also not like, you know, lose your, um, your followers trust, yeah. you know, by just putting out a bunch of, you know, a little picture of a lamp that says like, stay here. And yeah. people are like, that doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, it's hard, man. It's hard, but Hey, you're, you're in the arena, you're working hard at it. Um, what, what, my last question for you is like, what do the next 12 months look for, look like for Rove? Like as you, you're at 33 units right now, you guys are, you know, doing all the right things. You've built out these systems and processes. You're working on automation. You just got on boarded with StayFi, which is great. Like what, what are your hopes over the next year? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, over the past two years, um, I've really stopped taking on little one or two units here and there yeah um that unless they were just like unbelievable luxury homes that have you know two hundred thousand dollars a year in gross revenue like yeah it's just really kind of not worth not necessarily not worth my time but yeah. not worth like spreading my attention out so, so much yeah, yeah um so really looking at either large luxury um, and like vacation destinations or things with more scale, you know, like I mentioned, like apartment buildings, taking yeah. a whole floor, like that in and of itself becomes like a little mini business. Yeah. You know, your large luxury vacation rentals become a little mini business, but, um, my, uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm really interested in the alternative lodging or experiential stays type stuff. Yeah. Um, where you take a raw piece of land and you put some cool structures on it and um 
yeah, that's, that's like always been my main goal. Yeah. Um, and I absolutely love, you know, like, uh, companies like auto camp yeah. or getaway cabin, yeah. um, you know, and they get tens and tens of million dollars in VC funding. And I'm just like, wow, this is like, this is unbelievable. Like, yeah. I love it. Um, or Isaac French, you know, doing his thing. Um, so I feel like that's going to be the future of hospitality in the next decade. Yeah. In my opinion, it's just, it's really tough to kind of find these little unicorn properties that yeah. have the proper zoning that have, you know, in a good area, good guest demand, you know, things like that. Um, but I feel like when you, when you create something like that, you really can create a strong brand like Live Oak Lake or yeah. something similar to that, where people like associate it, they know it, and then they get the direct bookings like crazy, you know? Um, so that would be my main goal, um, the next year or two. And, um, other than that, just maintaining amazing guest experience. Yeah. You know, it's, it's tough to be a super host on Airbnb after 20, 30 units because you're dealing with homeless in the area or car break-ins or things out of your control. Yeah. Um, but just, yeah, at the end of the day, just really trying to be the best host that I possibly can, yeah. you know, to these yeah. guests. Yeah, dude, that's, yeah. that's, uh, I mean, and, and you, you can't ever lose sight of that. Cause if you lose sight of that, you lose sight of credibility, it hurts your brand. Right. So who cares yeah. about you going and doing these crazy, cool, unique experiences and stays if you're, if the reputation of, of Rove, right. Gets, gets hurt. Right. Um, yeah. and so I, I think you know, that's one of the hardest things about growth, right? Like when you want to grow, you really have to make sure you're still putting in, you know, the time in, in like the maintenance category, right? Uh, if you, if you, if you only focus on growth and don't care about maintenance, you won't be growing for long. Um, so, uh, dude, but, uh, I'm super impressed by what you, what you guys are up to, uh, what, what you're building, um, for folks who want to check out what Jake is up to, I'll have links to his website and his Instagram in the show notes below. But dude, I just want to thank you so much for your time, for sharing a little bit about your story and, and best of luck as you continue to grow. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a, it's been a pleasure and um, yeah, love talking today. I appreciate it. Hey friends, hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you are an Airbnb host or know an Airbnb host who'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at Zach, Z-A-C-H at spontaneous.com and we will chat. Behind the Stays is brought to you each week by Spontaneous, a carefully curated weekly newsletter that brings you the best last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. It's sort of like Scott's cheap flights, but for Airbnb. You can sign up once again for free at spontaneous.com. Last but certainly not least, I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're going to roll with it. Subscribe um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone. See you next time. <laughs>